Welcome to the Hello Beautiful podcast. We are a space of women empowering women. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for being here. Remember to subscribe, rate, and share today's episode. Today we are talking to Michelle Hinsberger, one of my closest childhood friends, who time and time again has been challenged through situations all over the spectrum. From physical illness to mental health battles and an unimaginable situation that in an instant shattered her world, leaving her face to face with intense grief. Today, Michelle is opening up, sharing her personal journey of healing through self-love, surrender, and following her true path of alignment. Let's get to it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Michelle Hintzberger. I have known Sam since I think we were in grade nine-ish. I was in grade nine. I we go we way back. <laughs> a little about me, I come from the same hometown that Sam comes from, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Um, and I am on a journey of my own that has thrown a lot of wrenches in my way. I'm just trying to navigate that journey and I am basically a human being trying to figure out my soul and spirit and purpose on this earth due to a lot of the things I've gone through in recent years. And I'm lucky and fortunate and grateful to have friends like Sam who are also on this journey so they understand it and they don't think I'm absolutely batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We're all on this journey. eh? All of us and whether you acknowledge it or realize it or not, it's like we're all in this thing called life Mm -hmm. and you never know when it's going to throw you a curveball. And like you were saying, we've been friends since high school and in high school, if I was to describe you and your situation, you were, you know, captain of the cheerleading team or Mm -hmm. very involved with school, great with academics and just sort of had like this white picket fence Mm -hmm. sort of life. A lot has happened sort of since then. Take us back to high school and how life has gone through those years. Okay. So in high school, yeah, everything kind of looked perfect from the outside, but at home, um, my parents weren't getting along and my mom had a lot of illnesses and I was very like... I had a lot of social anxiety, which I think a lot of kids do in their teens. I think that's pretty normal. Um, but it continued throughout my 20s. And I, I kind of always just felt different. Like I felt so much different than my peers. And I knew there was something else about me that made me different, but I d- didn't really know what, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners who have had an awakening might have felt like before as well. So yeah, around my later teens into my early 20s, my parents split, um, and it was a pretty hard divorce at first. Um, There's a lot of anger between my parents, and my brother and I were kind of stuck in the middle. And that all kind of played out. I dated a couple guys, and then I met my husband in my early 20s, around 23, I think. And starting from then, we went through a lot together. Um, My grandparents got sick. My grandpa passed away. I mean, he was 92, but it was sudden for a 92-year-old. But then my grandma, who I was really close with, she developed dementia and Alzheimer's, and myself and my mom took care of her, as well as my husband. My brother was diagnosed with schizophrenia, So there was a lot of things we went through as a couple. And then I kind of had 
I kind of had, I will just say it, I had a nervous breakdown. This is probably about three and a half years ago. I started to get severe pain and anxiety and I didn't really know what was happening to me. Um, and that's actually the catalyst to what started this whole personal development mindset. My husband was actually really much more into this before I was even into it. He had started getting into meditation and visualization and all those things and always wanted me to do it, but I kind of just didn't really follow his guidance. I just wasn't ready. But this nervous breakdown and pain associated with it uh, led me to the discovery of like mind-body illnesses and somatic illnesses. And that's really what I figured out what I had because doctors couldn't figure it out. So can you explain what was happening with you? Like maybe break it down a little bit? Yeah, so I started just developing a lot of bodily pain, like severe bodily pain, and it would come and go. And it would kind of switch places in my body. So I would get it in my pelvis, and then I would get really bad headaches, and then I would get really bad back pain, and then I would get really bad chest pains, which I realize now were severe anxiety chest pains. And it just kind of kept moving through my body, and doctors couldn't really figure it out and I was exhausted and I was irritable and I was overworking at the same time I wasn't going out with friends enough and socializing and I really didn't know who I was so that was hard to deal with. And did you find when you went to doctors they would just say you're fine? I'm really lucky to have a really good doctor. He was concerned and he was also concerned that they couldn't really figure out what was wrong with me. So I took it upon myself to look in different avenues and that's when I came across like mind body syndrome and it really resonated with me and all the stressors I had been through in the previous years. Mm -hmm. But little did I know, like, when you start going into your brain and what the things that have happened to you when you were younger that caused traumatic memories and stored that stuff in your nervous system, that awakens what I've told you about the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. or essentially another nervous breakdown. So that whole year was me really battling a lot with my brain and then coming to realize that me battling with my brain and battling with my anxiety and battling with my thoughts was what was making me worse. Mm -hmm. So I learned that I had to let go and let go of control and let go of the idea of who I thought I was, which essentially led to this path now that I'm on and, and searching into like my spirituality and what I want for life. And then in the midst of all that kind of happening, uh, my husband, so we got married at the end of August, 2018. And a week later, he actually passed away in a, and it's getting to now a very tragic accident, um, freak accident. And essentially I, was thrust into a whole other world. I was smack dab in the middle of everything I've known up to this time in my life. And now everything thing that's gonna come after is defined by that moment, hmm. you know? Not only cope and deal with my grief, but learn from my grief, I guess. I'm trying to view grief as something that will either take me to a road where I can be sucked into it and live eternally wondering what my life would be otherwise, and those thoughts still do come up. But I'm trying to look at it and learn from it and live a life that is true to who I am and who my authentic self is, because I've really learned that through Evan's death, we really don't 
have control over anything. I mean, my husband had a fantastic job. He was well-liked. He um, was making a difference in the community for, from the outside. We had it all together. And I mean, we went through our struggles, obviously, but it just showed me, and I think it showed a lot of the people around us how quickly it can all be just taken away. Taken away like that. Yeah. And like you said, it's like there's this certainty, like you had just gotten married, mm-hmm. and it's like you're imagining your life, yeah. and then all of a sudden, boom yeah it's gone and I just have to say you are one of the absolute strongest people I know every time I've seen you over the past year I've just been like hey how are you doing you acknowledge exactly where you are Mm -hmm. in that moment and it's okay for what it is yeah so how has that stage of like healing through this like gone for you you've gone through it before giving you the tools in your box that you Mm -hmm. needed to go through something so like tragic as this traumatizing Traumatizing as this yeah the biggest thing I learned going through my anxiety like I had kind of mentioned before and the pain and everything is learning to let go of control and learning to be with your emotions and where you are in that moment day to day a lot of people beat themselves up for not being in like a specific place or they hide what they're actually really feeling, which I do too sometimes because I just don't want to have that conversation with some people. Mm -hmm. But for me, I learned that in order for me to get through this, I need to pay respect to how I feel Mm. in that moment Mm. and not worry about where society thinks I should be. Honor your journey. Yeah, honor your journey. And I, but maybe within the week or two after Evan passed away, I asked myself and my body the question, what am I going to do? What can I do? What do I need to do to get through this? And really the biggest thing that came through was self-love, learning to love myself. And I think that is probably the biggest lesson that anybody could learn in life, that once you learn to love yourself, and honor yourself and honor your feelings and where you are. It doesn't necessarily make the journey easier that you're on, especially if you are going through something so traumatic, but at least you're not adding that second layer on top of the pain you're already feeling. And we constantly do, especially in our society. It's like there's so many different layers that we Mm -hmm. add on to. Just even that self-love. It's like some things aren't, you know, aren't good enough or I need to be here or I'm not doing that. Like there's this whole judgment thing that's just so embedded within yeah. our culture. It's actually sort of like an epidemic. I think you'd, you'd probably agree with oh, that. 100%. I think, I mean, people could listen to my story and think like, oh God, like I should get my shit together because this girl lost her husband a week after getting married and she could do this. Why can't I? But it's those thoughts that are disabling us, right? Mm. Like it's, it's that blame. Like it's trying not to compare your story to my story. It's your own journey. And it's dropping that guilt of where you are and just acknowledging where you are. Yep. Right here, right now and acknowledging it as okay yeah so how would you recommend doing that like what is your way of of going through that process of developing (laughs) self-love of developing self-love yeah (laughs) I mean I think the first way to do it the way I did it anyways Mm -hmm. is I started recognizing the thoughts that were holding me back paying attention to the thoughts and habits that were causing me anxiety and were causing me to feel not enough and I started just being mindful of them that so bringing awareness thing. to bringing those... the awareness to the problem to begin with. And then I started flipping them, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started doing mirror work where I would like look at myself and tell myself I loved myself and I was enough and I was going to get through this. 
and going for walks and being in nature and being with friends, making time for friends, setting boundaries with people that were causing my energy to be even lower than it already was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just daily self-talk, being mindful of the daily negative self-talk and mindfully on purpose talking to myself nicely. The thing is that people think those thoughts are going to go away, those negative self-talks, and they don't really. They they might get a little softer, but I mean, we talked about this earlier where you have this self-doubt coming all of a sudden and you've been doing this for six years. Thoughts still come up. Yeah. It's just now learning to recognize them as a habitual pattern caused by something that happened to you when you were younger that made you feel not enough and that's just coming up now and it's constantly moving so there could be moments of your life where you feel on top of the world and other moments where it's like literally the exact same things are happening around you but then you're in a different state Mm -hmm. that's just sort of beating you up yeah and you have to be able to catch yourself in those moments Mm -hmm. this is where that awareness piece comes in and like be like no not today I hear you And I like how you said you flip them. So you bring awareness to whatever the thought may be. And then you say, okay, this is what the negative thought is. What is the opposite of that? Mm -hmm. And then you take the opposite of that and you tell yourself that. That's brilliant. Because it kind of goes straight to the root of that negative and like just like injects it with the positive. Yeah. And honestly, at first, you're probably not going to believe it. Yeah. Like at first, there's going to be a lot of resistance because that's your ego self or the habitual self that you created trying to keep you safe and trying to keep you small and god i just one thing i've if i've learned one thing thing can't talk through losing evan is i don't want to live life small Mm. you know i want to live life big i guess i want to live life whatever big means to me Mm. and big might mean something different to me than it does to you and it does to other friends you know i just want to live as authentically to myself as I can. And I think the only way to really find out what that is, is to start truly loving who you are. And I don't think we ever really figure out who we are. I think that's a fallacy. Of who we are? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's just this, like, at the end of the day, love. And so at the root of it. it. Because you get, it's a knowing. It's a knowing. But of it's like, not something that we can verbalize. Yeah, it's you know? hard to actually describe. It's, It's not like when people are like, well, who are you? And before I would say, well, I'm a nail technician and I'm Mm. a female and I, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. But those are just characteristics of who I am. Like for me, I think it's, it becomes an innate knowing that I guess, yeah, the best way to describe it would be love. Would be love. Like if you boil it down at the end of the day, like we all are love. And to some people who are just starting this journey or aren't quite there yet, that's going to sound ridiculous and it <laughs> it's does. like what are you guys talking like, about so hippie-ish and so just like out there but one day it'll just click and even for that like some days it clicks and I really know that mm-hmm. but then other days the ego self gets in the way you and it's like it, yeah. you struggle with it and you get that small talk and you get these different voices in your head telling you you can't do this who are you to yeah. say that who am I to be recording this podcast who are you know you to be doing this the best way like I can describe it and they talk about like having your higher self Mm. right so you have your ego self which is like these conditioned things that society has brought out in us and from trauma and then we have our higher self which is really trying to bring out this love in us this compassion this empathy non-judgment and when you start working on self-love a lot of those ego thoughts they still come up but soon you'll start hearing a voice that's like 
you can do this. For instance, my my higher self sometimes when I'm really low will come out and be like, Michelle, just smell the flowers. When you're going on a walk, like pay attention. This is life. This is living. Like this is mm. love. This is what it is. And it just snaps me back to reality and grounds me a little bit more. And it doesn't make me push away how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. but it just makes me realize that if I am having a sad or a crappy day, I can still ground myself in gratitude mm -hmm. and knowing that I am still alive and ultimately I do have a good life. I mean, I've had obvious tragedy happen to me that I wish never happened, but I'm still able to acknowledge what I'm grateful for. And this is such a big piece. I love that you said that because it's as simple as being in the present and being aware of what's happening here and now because at times where that ego comes in or the anxiety comes in, it's usually because the mind has either gone to what people are thinking or what's going to happen in the future, what I'm going to do, or something that happened in the past. And the only way to actually dissolve that is to literally smell the flowers, mm -hmm. feel yourself in the body, be aware of your breath, and be here and now. And by doing that, that actually dissolves all of those other things mm -hmm. and allows you to... And it's funny, I thought when I first started this that I needed to be doing so much more. Yeah. And I feel like personal growth and development and becoming more spiritually aware, and I don't mean spirituality in a religious sense, it's more of a getting to know who you are spirituality. Mm -hmm. At first I felt like I needed to be doing work. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like it, it's like I need to learn this. I need to do that. Like yeah. it felt like it was like okay, I got to do this, 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 and learn all of these like techniques which is and things. Ego and, thing, right? Which is exactly when it comes down to it, it's a lot more of just letting go. It's the flow, right? When you get into the flow state, like we talked about, and the vibing state, it's it's just like letting it be, acknowledging that you're a wonderful human being, that you deserve love, you deserve to to give love and to be loved and yeah just like encompass that and this actually loops back around a bit to the illness that you were talking about about before because by not acknowledging certain things in your life by repressing it and pushing it down it's like you had these things happen you pushed them down you wanted to forget but they rooted up in different yeah. ways and for you they came up in physical sensations mm -hmm. whether it's a backache a neck ache you know stomach problems whatever it was your body actually holds on yeah. to everything that happens yeah. and for you the tools that you got actually sitting back acknowledging those things observing them without judgment mm -hmm. without labeling them it actually allowed you to release them yeah that is how simple it's so true it is <laughs> it's like that tool right there just That's being exactly able to it. it's actually sort of the point mm -hmm. acknowledging it for this moment not judging it and releasing it the biggest other than developing a sense of self-love and being able to essentially it is it's all the same thing being able to sit with uncomfortable sensations and uncomfortable thoughts without trying to push them away and without judging them even though it is so hard at first and still is hard some days still some days I get overwhelmed by them and I've been doing this for three years now that is probably the main thing that people need to do learn to do in life and that one tool being able to sit with yourself without judgment and I'm talking everything thoughts physical sensations whether it's pain whether it's an actual emotion feelings that you feel with emotion that is probably the catalyst to changing your life totally I completely agree yeah because then you're able to like step back and be with those things whether somebody makes you angry or whatever it is and be with that feeling without reacting right away 
And the interesting part about this is that I think as a society, we're sort of addicted to the high feelings. And I don't know if it's with social media or other things, but we're addicted to the perfection of everything. So we almost have these expectations and put these expectations on ourselves to always be doing those high, high, high things that we don't usually want to go to those like darker things, those Mm -hmm. darker experiences. But I think that's something that people really need to sit with and go with and sort of start shine a flashlight in that corner and say, okay, what darker things am I not dealing with that are actually holding me back? Yeah, I agree. One of the biggest conversations I have with people when they ask me about like dealing with their anxiety and things that they're struggling with is, and Evan used to always talk about this too, which is kind of funny. He was very smart. People in our society always expect to feel good all the time and that's not reality it's the white picket fence it's like you have to check off all the boxes 50s let's hide everything (laughs) behind this white picket fence and everything's perfect when in reality like it really wasn't has anybody else watched Mad Men? Because because it wasn't. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> um, and I think when you are able to sit with the, say, quote-unquote negative emotions, that's just the way I'm going to describe it right now, and and difficult, more difficult experiences in your life, it kind of neutralizes everything. But then you also are more grateful for those good days. But you also become grateful for it. The, the quote unquote like negative ones yeah. too like it like you said they it sort of neutralizes more, yeah. everything and you just become grateful for the moment yeah anxious feelings become more of like like a tool not a tool a guiding point mm. um a compass showing you what you need to look at mm-hmm. where you need to go things you need to work on they become more of an educational tool than a deterrent in mm. life you know a lot of my i have people asking me um Like, they struggle with anxiety, and they're like, oh, yesterday I was feeling great, and today I feel like crap. I'm like, that's how it goes, though. That's anxiety recovery 101. Like, that's life. Mm -hmm. Like, we always have this idea that we should feel good all the time, and it's like, you just need to go with the flow until things even out. And who knows? They might even out for a little bit, but then life happens, and you go up and down. And it always will, actually. I guarantee you that. It always will. Unless you're, like, a monk. Yeah. <laughs> who trains to yeah. do that kind of stuff. Like, and I don't think most people want to be monks. Meditation helps big. Like yeah. meditation is probably like for me, one of the biggest tools that mm-hmm. I've found being able to sit quietly with the mind and training the mind yeah. to be present and yeah. not be reactive. So, yeah. I mean, that is the monks know, are probably the most. I know a lot of people, especially in your, if you're in a really, really like your nervous system is super overexcited and you're in a really, really bad state, find it really hard to meditate and they kind of need to do things to to calm their nervous system a little bit more before meditation, but meditation is definitely a huge tool. But yeah, I just think that is probably the biggest lesson I've learned, which has opened the doors to my personal development and growth and will continue opening the doors in my life and and lead me where I'm supposed to be led, is the ability to sit with myself without judgment, with whatever's happening, and give myself self-love also that has made me a very more compassionate and empathetic person towards other people and this is kind of like a new thing for me because I still have issues with judging others when they want too much you know what I mean like they they're still sucked into what society wants them to think they need the big house to be happy and they need the fancy car to be happy and they need that and I have 
issues with judging people like that. Because you see it from such a different angle. You're yeah. just like, oh my God, just cut through that bullshit. Just, just, but that's a thing I just wish but that, that I could realize. Like, you can be happy without that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've come to realize that I don't need to understand that. If that's what they think makes them happy, then that's fine. And like, that's their journey. That's their journey, and I don't need to understand it. And if you adopt a mentality that everybody is doing the best that they can with mm-hmm. what they know, it's like when they're in that bubble and, and think that those things are important and that's their happiness to them, it's like that's all that they know. And there's a reason why they look at the world that way, even though you see it totally different and I'd see it totally different. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no judgment on that. That's just them. Mm-hmm. Have compassion and just be like, you know, you can remember a time when maybe you were like that a little exactly. bit more and it's like, yeah. okay, this is where I am and I'm just going to keep living my life and uh, almost show people by example yeah. what's important. Everybody's trying to love and be loved. Yeah, it comes down to love, right? At the end of the day, it's like... It always comes down to love. But we complicate it. (laughs) We totally complicate it. I know. I would say throughout my journey, throughout these past years, the number one tool, like I said, and I'll keep repeating it, is being able to sit with my sensations in my body, Mm -hmm. whatever they are, emotion, pain, and sensation of thoughts. Mm-hmm. which essentially is coming from your nervous system as well. When mm-hmm. it's overexcited, that's why you have so many of these anxious thoughts. It's really a way for your body's trying to cleanse itself. And the only way you can it can really cleanse itself is if you let it happen. And if you listen. If you listen. Give it the space to feel those things. Yeah. And it's, it's nice, like you said, it almost becomes where your body is a compass. Mm-hmm. Like literally you have this compass that can guide you through this journey of life. Yeah. It's just, are you actually going to take a look at it and sort of dial in and see where it's directing? Yeah. Or are you going to keep it and just kind of push it away and just go blindly? And it's cool to like get in the habit of even asking your body what it wants mm-hmm. from you. You know, like the brain is the thinker, but the body tends to tell us what the brain can't tell us. The brain tries to figure everything out, whereas the body, for instance, I know I'm on the wrong path if my brain wants to do something and I do it and I still have super bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take a break from that, whatever I'm doing, and if my body calms down, then I know, okay, that was my body's way of saying nope, not here yet, not ready for this, this isn't right. Recalibrate and maybe take a couple steps in a different direction. Yeah. And I love it, like how you said, it's um, just asking yourself. Mm -hmm. It's another simple tool, but it's in a moment where you feel overwhelmed or when you're not sure or whatever, just getting quiet with yourself and asking Mm -hmm. the answer that you want. Mm -hmm. And usually the answer will come up, Mm -hmm. you know, very, very shortly after. Yeah. It's just a matter of being aware of the signs. Yeah, and I think I want to, like, put this out there, too. I just thought about that. These are things that take a while to develop. Like, there are a few people out there that just get it fairly quickly, but I think for the average person, we're in this society where we have so much, like, instant gratification that we also want to instantly feel good and instantly become self-aware and instantly become realized and go down this journey, but instantly learn the lessons it's supposed to tell you. But that's just not how it works. Mm. If you step into this journey knowing that this is a lifelong journey, there will always be a level that you're going to unearth (laughs) under the next level and just be open to that. That's when you're able to listen to your body and your intuition more because then you've truly surrendered. 
people always want things now and they tend to say, I've had this anxiety for a couple of weeks now, it needs to just be over. And it's like, well, it might take a year, it might take two years until it like fully heals. You know, it might not ever fully, fully heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's the, the same thing with this journey too. And the instant gratification mm-hmm. could be, you know, something's wrong, well, I'm just gonna go to the doctors and get medication mm-hmm. and just pop a pill and then I feel okay. Yeah. It could take time to develop and to marinate and to honor that space between wherever you are and just say, okay, whatever I want is not coming to me right now. It's just not time, but the universe is doing its thing and it's working its magic. It will come when it's supposed to. Yeah, definitely. And I just think that if we we all just learn to be a little bit more patient. (laughs) Patience. Oh my God. Definitely a virtue. (laughs) I know. Yeah. That's just kind of like how I think about life, I guess, that it's it's just losing Evan and losing what I thought was going to be my life has really made me realize that you, we really don't have control. And what's the point in fighting for control and fighting this, this thing? It just causes more anxiety. Mm. Like if you just learn to surrender, and open up, that's when things start happening. And the surrender piece is like being open to whatever way it opens up. Mm -hmm. And that could come in the form of walking away from security or something that you thought was you or defined yourself. And and it's just being open to letting go and realizing that creation can happen at any point. That at any point, a whole new life could be waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And, And just realize that fear is, often just a feeling you know there's good fear and bad fear there's good fear where it's like oh you should probably not do this because it you might risk your life um and then there's quote unquote bad fear where it's holding you back that anxiety of well i don't really want to go to this meet and greet because i might not know people well how will you ever meet people then or thinking somebody is thinking something about you yeah. and thinking like, oh, that person doesn't like me yeah. or I don't think they, you know? Yeah. And it's really just learning. That's another fear is probably like the biggest one. Lots of people talk about anger, but personally, I think fear is the biggest emotion that people struggle with. Fear. And I think people just give into it, which is essentially your ego part of the brain. That's what the ego is to me is fear. Fear that's not helpful. To me, the, the ego is that that mind that's saying like you're not enough. Someone's going to judge you and that'll be the end of you. Mm. You're going to die. If somebody judges you, you're going to die. That's literally like what your brain thinks. Like you have the same reaction to if you're, say if you're scared of public speaking, somebody who's scared of public speaking has the same reaction Physical reaction. Physical on stage as they would if like a tiger was chasing them. Oh yeah. And I think that's the number one fear that people have is of public speaking. People would rather die than public speak. Like it's just like. And be embarrassed, which is just a feeling, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that we're so scared because of these sensations in our body. That's what what learning to be with uncomfortable sensations. That's it trains your brain that those things aren't that scary. They're just, it's just a sensation. So you've completely dove in, dove into, especially of this past year, different teachers, different books, different ideas. If you could recommend one book for people to read, if it's yeah. like, what would your recommendation be? I know this is a tough one because I know you like to read too. You're a bookworm, so. Um, I'll recommend two. Number one, I always talk about her, Brené Brown. So good. Yes, The Gifts of Imperfection. That book is just unbelievable. She just hits the nail on the head when it comes to guilt and shame and fear essentially 
is what's holding us back. She's wonderful. She's kind of been a catalyst in this movement and making actually working on self-love and self-development, like not just like buying things to make us feel better. You have to you have to really actually work on your mindset. Yeah. And, and she's a real big catalyst in actually like you know what, it's great to go get your nails done and go have a nice hot bath and have a glass of wine and bath and read. Those are all things that you have to do to take care of yourself. But the biggest thing you have to do is work on your mindset. And that's like the root yes. of everything else, right? Yeah. You can do all those things and still have a really shitty mindset about yourself. Yeah. So I love her and I love and he's very much on the same tune as I am in terms of being able to sit with uncomfortable feelings and his approach on fear. And that's Mastin Kipp, K-I-P-P. -P. He's kind of an up and comer in this whole world, um, but he's just so good at getting the message across really blatantly. <laughs> and I think a lot of men would be more willing to open up with him, just the way he talks. Like, it's just kind of like a no bullshit attitude. Just so it. direct, so to the point. Yeah. It's like, cut the crap, boom. Yeah, this is, this is literally why we're having so many issues right now. Like, mm. that's, he just lays it out there. It's like, this is the science behind it. This is what it is. And he has two books. Um, one's called The Daily Love, and one is called Claim Your Power. Claim Your Power is actually really cool because it's pretty much like a workbook. You can actually go through start. the exercises and yeah. it'll help guide you through. Because that's yeah. the thing, if you're, you know, depending on where you are in your self-development, personal development journey, you know, some of these things, like it's like, well, where do I even start? What do I even do? So it's nice if you have a guiding workbook to kind of go step by step and take it day by day. You mentioned some really good self-care practices too, and it's, you know, the mirror talk. Even writing something, a word on your mirror, and then I, when you look... I am enough. I am enough. I my mirror. So that's, that's from Marissa Peer. Yeah. I am <laughs> enough. So, and even that, so every single time you look at the mirror, you look at yourself, you subconsciously rewire that part of your brain. For people who are more sciencey and need like that sciencey background, neuroplasticity. Reading about how now they know the brain changes itself all the time, constantly. That is essentially what this this work is. Neuroplasticity, changing the brain reaction by purposely doing specific things in your daily life that causes that change, which eventually causes you to become more self-aware. And that's the thing you can Ultimately, at the end of the day, you can direct your life wherever you want. Like if there's something you want, if there's shoes you want to fill or things you mm -hmm. want to do, it's like, okay, you can do that. But it starts with actually envisioning yeah. that and acknowledging that in your brain and believing in it. There's so much in this episode. Like, Yeah, it's a pretty heavy episode, but I'm so glad I was able to do it. If I could give one word or one sentence of advice to people after everything I've gone through and losing Evan is learn to love yourself. And mm. I, I know I've said that. You're drilling it in. It's like self-love, self-love, self-love. If you could learn to love yourself, it honestly just, it's just a whole better life. You'll just notice weird changes and the way people respond to you and so much better than beating yourself up every day. <laughs> As we all do. Oh, no. I still do a little bit, but... Where can people find you if anybody wants to reach out? I know you have an exciting project that you're about yes. to launch too. So I just started a blog. The blog is called That Thing Called Love through Wix. Perfect. Yeah. And people can follow your journey there and your recovery through everything yeah. and just your self-development. and Going on to year two of grief year two of grief yeah of a never-ending journey yep. of peeling back the layers and 
getting to that true source that we all are, which is love. Thanks again for listening. If you want to find Michelle, I'll include her blog and Instagram handle in the show notes. Please let us know what you thought or if you had any questions that we didn't get to today. If you enjoyed this episode or think there's someone you know who could benefit from hearing this, pay it forward. Please share, rate, and subscribe. And remember, we're all in this together, so let's do our parts to be the kindest versions of ourselves. Let's make this world a better place. Until next time. Thank you.